3D6 Down the Line. Hey everyone, welcome back to 3D6 Down the Line. As you can see, things are looking a little bit different. We are taking a quick break from our Halls of Arden Vool Mega Dungeon campaign, and we are returning to Dolmenwood. We have a very special surprise for you. Don't get too excited. This is not a full-blown campaign. We will be returning to Arden Vool, but this is an exclusive sneak peek of what will be included in every single copy of the Dolmenwood campaign book when it releases in 2024, which is the starter adventure called The Red Caps Cauldron which will be included in the book. And I have managed to procure through strange and nefarious means a in-development copy of this adventure. And we are going to play through it for everyone's enjoyment. So I hope you enjoy this little look into the upcoming game, which had a wildly successful Kickstarter last year. And uh, we all look forward to having those books in our grubby hands in 2024. So... We have created characters already, and why don't we, well, introductions first, I suppose. My name's John, and I am the referee for the evening. Going around the horn, we have... I am Brother James Duguid, the human friar. But your real name no is... And sin no more. Oh, yeah, I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so damn excited, man. <laughs> I am uh, I'm David. <laughs> Are you though? I am I though. I'm playing Crumpwaddler, the Bregel Knight. Uh, very, very good for you. Very good for you. Uh, my uh, name is Matt. I shall be joining you as Grimo Mossfurrow, the Morsling Minstrel. Nice. Hi, everybody. I'm Ted, and tonight I will be playing the role. Of Glanceskew Gwillem, the elf magician. Very nice. Okay, so we have a very uh, diverse party going on. And I just want to let everyone know that the Red Caps Cauldron is a, it's a, a work in development, as I said. So you're going to be seeing over on that side of your screen, you're going to be seeing the PDF of this. But it is um, definitely not the final form. Um, but... It is definitely playable, and it is going to be very, very fun. So why don't we jump into this? All right, so if you enjoy the com content that you're about to watch, please don't forget to go check out our original Domawood campaign. That is 22 episodes long. There is a proviso with that. We use the old-school essentials system for that game, and it's very, very similar to what you're about to see, but Domawood in its current form is now its own self-contained game it has a strong resemblance to old school essentials but it is not old school essentials so you're going to notice some significant differences between this short little jaunt and the long 22 episode campaign from a couple of years ago but please go check it out it gives you a very thorough tour of Dolanwood as a campaign setting this will more feature the game um, itself so and also don't forget too that you are uh, we definitely suggest that you join our brand new patreon um if you want more content for the for this uh it's just a small subscription fee and you'll get access to like early releases and private channels on our discord server discounts on merchandise and all that sort of stuff so uh just head over to patreon to go check that out so for and this for for this little session we're going to be using most of the optional rules that are in the other combat matters section of the player's book just so you're aware, so feel free to dive into that if you want. You're probably going to have to remind me of what those mechanics are should you wish to use them and should you get into combat. Okay, so why don't we head over to the map? 
And as you can see here, this is Dolmenwood in its entirety. This is the player's version of the map. And we are going to be focusing in on the area in the far northeast, where you can see Meager's Reach, the town of Meager's Reach, the Chateau Mauves, along the banks of the Dark Mirror. Okay, so your group was commissioned by a well-renowned sage. Uh, he is also a northern laird, and his name is Al Hoyle Spinnewith the Fourth. Fourth of his name, of course. And he is the laird of a very remote, rundown manor called Oath House, which is just north of the town of Drig Bolton in the Table Downs. And Drig Bolton is right over here. Okay. Um, and can you guys see that? Can you see my... Drig Bolton. That's where the, the Lord that hired us is from? Yes. Um, you guys are not there, but this is where you got sort of uh, like your mission, basically. So the sage, the, the Lord El Hoyle is um, known, re is renowned for his knowledge of astronomy and, as and astrology. And he has told you that he had a vivid dream wherein he visited the moon in a great flying galleon. And he was able to, he, the dream was so lucid that he was actually able to map the surface of the moon. However, when he woke up from that dream, he remembered only that he drew the map, but he couldn't remember anything about it, which really depressed him because he thought that he had, he had, he had struck upon something that he could actually go to the moon and, and he had the map ready to go, but now he forgot what it is. Um, years later, he had an encounter with the fairy lord known as the Duke who cherishes dreams in that fairy lord's uh, realm, his labyrinthine realm known as Hypnagogia. And the Duke told Al Hoyle that the sage's dream, along with many others, was actually stolen from him by a wayward redcap, which is a fairy, a fairy creature, in his service, uh, who he thought was in his service. Uh, the redcap stole these dreams along with Al Hoyle's dreams of the, of the map of the moon and uh, put them all in a cauldron and took that cauldron out of Hypnagogia, brought it to the mortal world in Dolmenwood and buried it. And it was lost for a long, for many a long year. However, Al Hoyle has recently discovered the location of this cauldron. It's precisely, it is on the eastern shore of the dark mirror, which abuts the great Chateau Mauves. Um, but he fears putting his relationship with the, the with the sorceress Egrain at risk. So the Egrain is actually the the most powerful magician and sage in all of Dolmenwood, and she rules um, over Chateau Mauves and, uh, in addition, Meager's Reach as well. And so he is a little bit reluctant to go in uh, to start digging around the dark mirror. So he's hiring you guys to go do so for him. So he wants you to find the cauldron. He wants you to enter that cauldron, to go inside the cauldron, and he wants you to find his lost dream of the map of the moon. He's offering you 1,000 gold total for its safe retrieval. All other contents of the cauldron are there for the taking, of course. Um, but he, he basically intimates to you that the return of the cauldron to the Duke who cherishes dreams is also likely to gain that Duke's favor. 
and having to be uh, to to be in the um, for a fairy lord to be in your debt is a great great thing to have. So you have traveled from Oath House across the northern scratch back into Dolmenwood and approaching the dark mirror after many many long days of travel, and you have. Uh, alighted upon the eastern shore of the Dark Mirror, keeping the towering Chateau Mauves nearby and in your vision the entire time. So the Dark Mirror is a vast and tranquil lake, and you guys arrive there during the daytime, but the, the waters themselves are pitch black, but they are illuminated by starlight, as if they re actually reflect the clear night sky, even in the, bright, uh, the brightness of day. And across the, the lake to the west looms the violet tiered stones of the great Chateau Mauves, which is home to the enigmatic and powerful sorceress Igraine Mordlin. Um, the stones of Chateau Mauves also have a strange supernatural quality to them in the fact that they always look like they're being lit by an unobscured sunset. So even though you're arriving in the morning, it looks like the light is hitting it from the west, even though the light is actually hitting everything else from the east. You understand? So it's very, very disorienting and very, very weird when you combine the night sky of the lake, the regular sun in the sky, and then this, this strange light that hits the violet uh, stones of the chateau itself. Okay? And you have followed the map that Al Hoyle has given you, and you are fairly certain that you are standing in the exact spot, which is a forested, a deeply forested spot that's close to the banks of the Dark Mirror, where, supposedly, this cauldron has lain for many a year. What do you do? On, on the eastern side of the lake, you said? Yep. Okay. okay it's buried, right? Apparently it's buried, yes. So, buried. oh, I should say, you guys have um, also, you're getting for free a mule, which you are feel free you are free to uh, name if you want. And on that mule are four shovels as well. So you also have, and you can bring those shovels with you if you want. Okay. John, can, should I, we name can, can a squire work? ride a mule? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you More know, like, mule, aesthetically. Huh? <laughs> uh, chase some windmills. Should we name them, should we name them Mule Mort? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Mort the Mule. Okay, so what do you Mort do? Mort the Mule. All right. Um, so we're standing in the exact spot, right? And it's yep. buried. Do you mm -hmm. know how big this cauldron was supposed to be? You said we were supposed to be able to walk into it. So is it just, like, massive? In your mind, you're probably pitching something massive, but you weren't really told. Because he just heard this story. Okay. Like when he talked to the Duke, the Duke was like, Yes, this red, you know, a red cap stole it from me. It's my culture of spread dreams. out, guys, and see if we see like a depression somewhere where something's been buried. Yeah, we well, can look and see if there's any difference in any of the uh, landscape around here, if it's how uniform or how uniform it is. Mm -hmm. Well, you're great. So, so, John, one of the. Um, things a magician can do is detect magic. And that is not just detecting magic on an object, but on a place. Mm. Uh, it's non-specific as to the, the range of that ability. Um, but I would guess the suggestion is like a room or perhaps a clearing or, you know, something like that. So I'm wondering, you know, if we're in the spot on the map where we think we're supposed to be, is there a clearing here or like a stone on a hill or, you know, some feature that might be the kind of thing a red cap would fixate on as opposed to like, I just got to dig under every tree in the, in the forest kind of thing, looking for it. No, you guys are basically, you're, 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 
you're thinking very old school, which is great, um, but I'm just telling you for the sake of speed that you are on the spot where the cauldron is. You can take out your shovels and immediately dig where your feet are. Oh, let's do that. That seems seems reasonable. (laughs) I I have a feeling that if we were to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig, not upwards, but in a way that could get us down. Okay, I start digging. (laughs) like the sloth from zootopia okay um all right so you start digging and uh i mean i'm digging very small shovelfuls though yeah (laughs) (laughs) so with all four of you guys digging it actually doesn't take that much time probably about like 20 minutes or so and uh, you're, you go down about five feet down into the rich forest earth before your um, spades actually hit something solid underneath, and you can dig up this cauldron. Just to be aware that you are in a quiet glade right now that's sort of ringed with oaks, and there's acorns all along the ground, and the, um, the there's a carpet of knee-high bracken that's all around, so you kind of have to clear that out before you uh, bring out this cauldron. The cauldron itself, as you lift it out after this amount of time, is um, quite large, not large enough uh, that you can see that would actually easily fit. You can't just like walk into it. Could probably boil someone in there if you wanted to, but um, but it's it's large. It's cast iron and it is jet black. There are around the base, there are engravings of grinning faces. All right. Mm. And as you pull it out and set it onto the, the loamy ground of the earth, Something emerges from the cauldron. Avert. Is it it soup? It is not soup. (laughs) But basically, when you the moment you set it down, there's sort of like a um, uh, pulsing lights start to kind of um, emit from it, just like almost like a like a rave party sort of thing. You know what I mean? But uh, and indeed, there is music, but it's actually operatic music. You hear like a, a woman's high soprano singing gloriously, and all the you the um, the birds in the trees around you basically like, and they all fly away from the sudden sound of this yeah. woman's voice. Um, and there's also just sort of like these multicolored lights just sort of pumping out of it, and then it slowly dies away as you guys are like, "Whoa, what the heck's going on?" Could could we understand we, any of that yeah. language? Uh, no, it's just a song. Like I can't understand. I'm going to stick right. my head in the cauldron and look for the singing lady. Okay, so when you stick your head in, Friar, the the logic of the waking world around you warps and twists around. You can immediately kind of tell that you're kind of entering into an extra-dimensional space even when you stick your head in there. And you can see that there is a round wood-paneled tunnel visible that leads into what you can only describe as a glimmering hall beyond. All right, and you can perceive when your head is in there that the tunnel itself is human size, and that should you step into there, you should be able to walk normally. Okay, gesture for all the guys to come with me, and I scrabble like hand over hand over knees to get in. Is, there. It, is it lit in there, Mike? Was it? it is. Was there? It was a okay. glimmering hall. Mm-hmm. Glimmering, so so like okay, so you well enough to see. Okay, so the friar like hikes up his robes and crawls in there on all fours, and you see him disappear into the mouth of the cauldron. All right, I follow suit. Okay, everyone goes in. Uh, before we go any further, I should ask um, uh, f- uh, Friar Jimes, what uh, spell did you pray for? Protection from evil, my friend. Protection from evil. Uh, and the elf glances at you, Gwillem. What did you, 
um, memorize. Vapors of the dream. Vapors of dream. How appropriate. Great. Yes. Okay. All right. So everyone crawls in. And we're going to move over to the map. The map. Where do you want me to start, John? Okay. Give me a second. Let's get everyone yeah. out there all organized. All right. Let's take a look at this bad boy. All right, Ted. Mm. So you're going to want to start right around here. Okay, okay, five foot squares. And did you say how big this hallway was? Yes. So the hallway that you're entering into that leads into this glimmering hall is, and remember, these are five foot squares, uh, is 15 feet wide by 10 foot, I'm sure, 15 feet north to south by 10 feet east to west before it opens up into a circular glimmering hall. And that hall is a 30 foot diameter circle. Okay. So 15 feet long, 10 feet wide, and a yep, 30 ten, foot circle. And a 30 foot circle. And there are doors that lead out uh, from that circle in all cardinal directions, except the direction that you're coming from, which is the south. There's one exactly in the north, the east, and the west. Got it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm switching, okay. uh, switching up the old... Uh, mapping technique here just to make things go faster folks so uh this is going to be very crude all right so, so you, like so yes great yep all right so as you all enter into the cauldron you actually feel like reality and yourself sort of warp and stretch a little bit before you're sort of whisked into the into the hallway and then you kind of all stumble and you gather yourselves and you've left the mule behind i'm going to assume and you uh um and you view this glimmering hall in front of you the the um, now things look a lot different in here. The way that you perceive things are very, very different. First of all, when you look around at each other, um, let me make sure I get this right. All of you look totally solid, right? Totally real, but all of your colors are on you or have been muted. So you're all looking a little bit dull, a little bit more like black and white rather than the colors that you normally are, right? Um, including all of your gear and clothes and equipment and all that stuff is all sharp in focus, but the colors have been dulled. Everything around you, however, is extremely vividly colored, right? Everything's super high. Like the saturation values have all been cranked up like over 100%, right? And But everything appears relatively hazy. So when I describe things going forward, unless I tell you differently, everything is sort of out of focus just a little bit, right? Where you kind of have to watch your step because you're just not quite sure where the edges of things are, okay? Mm. Uh, but everything's colored. But So you guys stand out. When you look at your companions, you really, really stand out because you're sharp and you don't, and you lack the color that everything else around you has. All right? Um, so you basically, feel like, you, hmm? I was going to say, so the more color something has, the less definition it has. Basically. But it's all relatively uniform. Everything's just vaguely hazy, but it's all very vivid as well. Okay. Um, it's sort of like you're almost seeing things that are might might be a dream or perhaps not real, where you are the only real things, right? Um, I, I want to poke Crump. Is he solid? He's solid. Um, poke, poke, poke. Okay, so you enter yeah. into this circular entrance hall. The hall itself is golden tiled, glimmering, 
and lit. The dome ceiling has wooden beams above, and there is a um, a wooden hat stand that has finger-like hooks, which are uh, right near the door to the north. Okay, and there is a tapestry that is hung from the ceiling that is in the direct center of the room. Right, so it's sort of like a like a bro- whoa. Oops, I just knocked my monitor. Um, <laughs> is uh, is hung from the ceiling in the center of the room. Uh, Does it bisect the room like a like a curtain almost? No, no. So it's like it's like a tapestry that's been strung across the dome ceiling, right? So you can actually uh-huh. look up and see what the tapestry oh. actually holds. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so there are three doors. The door to the north has a sign above it that says "Leave your hats at the door." The door to the west has a smiling brass boar face on it. Okay. The door to the east has a smiling brass lion face. And the tapestry looking up, you can see that... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Matt, you're actually right. It's actually hanging straight down, but it's not bisecting the room. It's sort of hanging down from the ceiling, but it's, it's not preventing you from seeing other sections of the room, right? So because you can see both sides. So one side depicts the man in the moon weeping teardrops onto an open eye. And the other side depicts the same man in the womb, same man in the moon uh, weeping teardrops onto a closed eye. Hmm. So it's quite, it's quite beautiful in here. A little bit left to center of reality. Um, but everything is relatively quiet. You can hear right now. You no don't need furniture? any. No furniture. Well, there is a hat, a hat stand. Right. Are there any hats on the hat stand? There is not. Uh, mm. There's about to be. I have a great big floppy hat on my potato shaped head. You want to take the hat door, guys? Uh, I would like to go listen at the doors. Listen at I mean, hat doors. Just because we're just because we're not in Ardenvool doesn't mean there's not something waiting to eat us. <laughs> So what door, what door would you like to listen at, uh, Friar? Uh, I would like to listen at the uh, eastern door, the one with the smiling lion. The smiling lion. Okay. Okay. I can, so I can listen at the hat door, and I don't mm-hmm. mind listening at the uh, the uh, boar door. As okay. Cool. Day. So for those well, listening, so so for skill checks, basically the target is always um, a six, unless it's noted otherwise that your kindred allows you to have a better chance at that. So you're going to be rolling a D six and you want to roll a six, six high mm-hmm. is, is successful. Um, let us know, let the audience know if you have a lower target number than that. I do. I have a Not five for listening. Yeah. So the yeah, Mosling has a, has a five. Okay. So all you listeners go ahead and roll. I got a five. Oh, damn it. Ooh. Oh, I got a six. Oh, nice. I got a one. Okay, so so Ted, you're um oh I forgot to put the names up on here. Uh Ted, you're what's your guy's name again? I am Glanceskew Gwillem. Glanceskew, right. So Glanceskew, what door were you listening at? Uh, the hat door. The northern door. Okay. Um you do not hear anything beyond that door. I love it. I also no oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, um, I rolled a one, so I assume I don't hear anything. Right. Okay. That took a turn. Okay. Uh, John, so can I... Use my... Oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, this is just a, a quick clarification. 
for when we were outside this room, you said it was kind of glimmering. Now that we're in it, can we see where the light source is coming from? Is it? Is just like everything's kind of glowing, or? Uh, it's just it's just sourceless. Okay. Glowy room, nice. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna poke the lion with my staff. Mm. You're gonna poke the lion. Okay, so when you sort of reach out, Friar, and, and poke it, um, the this is the lion. You said yeah. on the east. Okay, so when you yeah. poke the the brass lion face, it actually lets out a, a long sobbing cry, like a as you poke it, <laughs> and and it's it, as through its tears, it says, "The Hall of Mirrors." It says sadly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all it says. Okay. Oak the piggy. Matt, you like pigs. Uh, not only do I like pigs, but I uh, this I see as perhaps a doorway to my grandest dream, which is someday breeding a sentient, brand, uh, sentient uh, race of pigs. <laughs> um, so I will uh, walk up and look up at this, uh, this uh, smiling pig and... Uh, I will give my best pig call. I will uh, call the pig and I will say I have uh, uh, traveled many, many, many miles to bring you this chance for sentience. Your people and the people beyond shall forever. And he talks like that for a long time and asks the door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if it will open and uh, let him go beyond. Wait, wait, what are you doing? He's talking to the pig. He's talking to, to the, the door. Big door. He's, the pig? He's the playing the pig where he talks like there a There's a boar, uh, like, okay. right? Like a, a boar's face. Yeah. And and you're just, you're just not, you're not touching it. You're just, you're just uh, talking to it. Does it have like a knocker in its mouth or anything like that? Or is it it's just like a, a. No, there's just a, just a, it's a boar face, but it's smiling. Okay. Um, yeah, I will. I will uh, talk to it first, and I will uh, then I will reach out and I will touch it on the head, give it a nice friendly pat. Okay. When you touch it, it it actually sighs. It's like, <sighs> and it says afterwards, it says, "Where dreams come true," and it smiles at you. Oh, okay. This is definitely where we want to go. This is the way to go. Well, there has never been a Hall of Mirrors in a D&D game ever. That's been a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well say the ninth pit right. of hell right in there. So I would like to uh, um, approach uh, the Mossling and borrow his hat and hang it on the hat stand if he doesn't object to my acquisition of the hat, since I haven't one of my own. Of course, and he goes on for a, a really long time talking about that. Well, I purchased this hat in a, a haberdashery. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So I'll, nothing happens I'll, when you I'll place the hat sense. on the stand. Oh, nothing at all. Nope. Uh, there and was there a sign on the? There was just a sign on the door that said, "Put your hat on the hat stand" or something, right? Leave, Leave your, your hats, hats at the door. door. Leave your hats at the door. No figure or face or otherwise on this door. Nope. Hanging the hat did nothing. Correct. I, I think we should go through the hat door. I think we should open it. Uh, I agree. David, you've been very quiet. Which which horrible fate do you choose? Yes, there you go. Uh, do we not want to speak night? to either of the heads prior to going through a door? Do you want to respond uh, uh, 
for instance. Remo already spoke to the board, didn't respond back to him except for the after he touched it. Okay, there we have it. I uh, guess I can say something to the lion. You know, I'd be like, just to test it out. What's in the Hall of Mirrors? Mm. Nothing. It does not respond to you. Okay. Um, can I just say, uh, we come on behalf of the Duke who cherishes dreams and see if anything responds to that? No response. All right, let's fucking kick this door open, guys. Which one? <laughs> Hat door. Hat door. Hat door. Hat door. Hat door. <laughs> All right. Okay. You None open of us are the... wearing hats. Got it. You open the door, and you find yourself walking into a very large chamber. The chamber itself is 75 feet east to west, 30 feet north to south, and you are entering in on the southern wall of it. One, two, three, four, five six um the door straddles the 30 and 35 foot block uh, squares so one two three four five six so i've got a corner there how how wide did you say it was 75? 75 east to west 30 feet north to south okay in the so center the, of the this... door is centered on the south wall it's thirty-five. It's it's between the thirty and thirty-five foot block. Right. Okay. Uh, in the center of the hall uh, is a grand banquet table with clawed legs. Uh, let me just see if this place is. Yeah. Okay. Um, the banquet table itself is decked with all sorts of provender and food. There's roast meats and saffron rice and pomegranate, pomegranates all over the place. The room itself is lit with um, 12 silver candelabras, which look like to be quite valuable, all arrayed upon the table itself. Velvet upholstered chairs. Um, some are very, very small. Some are normal size. Some are like giant size. And you can see off to the east, the entire eastern side of the room is actually a black marble balustrade, like a balcony that overlooks some other area. All right. There is egresses, however, um, uh, to the west, directly in the center of the western wall, and to the north, straddling the um, the 10 and 15 foot line on coming in from the west. The... But however, it is what is sitting in the chairs that immediately draws your attention. There are fat, cat-faced, five-foot-long caterpillars with grin, grinning. They are all grinning Cheshire, uh, Cheshire cat-style smiles, and they have huge eyes. They have fluffy, striped fur that's green and orange, but it's like that caterpillar fur, right? Um, up and down their segmented bodies, and they are lounging in the chairs with their tails curled around them and their faces sort of like lolling, and they're slowly, um, every once in a while, like reaching, because they don't have any arms or anything like that, they're sort of like reaching down, and they they grab a little bit of food, and they just sort of chew on it slowly. And as you enter through the door, they they sort of move their long necks around and sort of gaze at you with their cat-like pupils, and they're just sort of chewing and they kind of turn around and look at each other and go back back to their eating as you wander in. My if goodness. I approach the table, do they take any notice to my approach? Do they change their behavior? They don't change their behavior. They definitely notice you mm -hmm. as you walk up. They sort of look at you. They look over your head, Crump, your mm -hmm. short-horned head, yes. at the tall, the towering moonlit form of glance mm. askew, mm -hmm. and they 
they look at them and you see like their eyes sort of widen. You know how cats' eyes, whenever like they're taking in more light, like will like you know like they visibly like the pupils like move get round. Right. Right. They do that when they see glances skew. Um, I will um, greet them in um, high elvish, uh, the most courtly greeting I know to my uh, my to to the fair uh, cat or pillar kindred and hail and well met and i hope you are enjoying your fine repast sort of greetings so they, they're grinning at you right with their eyes wide and it's it's really really weird the rest of you all perceive there seems to be like a a, a thrumming that sort of starts up in the entire room and then you realize it's actually it it it's actually these um seven caterpillars all simultaneously starting to purr deep and down in their throats. <laughs> nice. John, are they, and, are they, are they wearing clothing or are they just like insect insectile? No, bodies? they just have gr- bright green and orange caterpillar fur, right? Mm, Segmented right. bodies. And they're sort of curled up and sitting on the chairs. Now be aware that it's very, very vivid like everything else, but they themselves are right. hazy and indistinct. Yes. You guys hey, are the John. only sharp things in the room. Right. John, do I see a hookah on the table at any point? No hookah. Oh, no no hookah. hookah. Okay. But There's it does have a very, a, a very Alice's Adventures uh, vibe to it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to uh, saddle up next to one of these caterpillars, take a close look at what's on the table to eat, and snag a snack and throw it in my mouth. Okay. Um, they, as you... Looks wonderful. Your, <laughs> yeah, you 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 kind of snag it in what the, the one near you goes and it gets like really really mad as its eyes like uh, get really really wide and look at you, um, mm-hmm. and it it goes and it lunges at you. <laughs> and it 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 uh, and the other ones start to slither off their chairs. Uh-huh. Um, please, uh, uh, so the combat sequence is very similar to OSE. So you still have to declare spells and movement. However, melee movement is a little bit different in this one where you only have to declare if you're doing a full retreat, if you're doing a fighting withdrawal, it is not, it's not really called a fighting withdrawal. You're basically allowed to move up to half your movement, but you don't have to declare it before initiative. Okay. Understand. So you're declaring spells and you're declaring full retreats. Crump, you are in melee with a single caterpillar. Um, so you can declare uh, a full retreat if you wish. And if anyone else wishes to cast a spell, um, let me know now. I am cool. going to do a glamour. Oh, good. Uh, I'm going to do a glamour, John. You're going to do a glamour? Okay. Yeah. I don't think glamours actually take the entire... Uh, I don't think they have to be declared if I'm not incorrect. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up for me. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they're not under the same provisos because they're kind of quick. Um, all right, so in that, if that's the case, then I need everyone to I need uh, roller initiative, which is exactly the same thing. So roll a d6, please. Yeah, using a glamour is not treated as casting a spell. Great. I can. I can. It's an action in a round. I can still move. Amazing. Cool. I got a four got for it. initiative. I got a two. Two. Okay. All right. So it's going to lunge at uh, Crump. Crump, what is your um, AC? My AC is 17. 17. It's pretty darn good. 
um, and you it just basically bounces off of, of sure. your armor as you sort of scuttle back real quick. So, um, and you can see like all of the hair on the other caterpillars, like the, the, the hackles sort of rise a little bit, right? As they all start to like yowl a little bit and like get really mad at you um, as they sort of size you all up. Um, Fight, the other ones, you elongated felines. I shall slay the oh, unworthy. No. Oh, I bring man. my mace up. <laughs> I, I want to leap in front of him, <laughs> flourishing my hands and producing catnip and tuna and little kibble snacks, one for each of the caterpillars there out of thin air, conjuring treats for them. Uh, That's okay, not need. your turn. Not your turn yet, though. But they, um, they, oh. yeah, the, <laughs> the caterpillars all they slip out of their chairs and they're basically like slowly moving towards you, even though you know that they could probably move faster. And they're yowling at you the entire time, and they appear to be coming, kind of coming in from both sides in order to herd you back through the door that you came through. Okay, now it's your turn. Okay, I do that. <laughs> I leap forward and, and offer them treats of tuna and, and catnip and other tasty caterpillar snacks. Okay, cool. So they are uh, <laughs> very excited to see that. Uh, but let's see how they react to it, shall we? Uh, da, 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 da. It says, uh, if the treat is offered to the mortal or animal, and I don't know if these qualify as either, their disposition toward the caster is improved. Um. To the mortal or animal, there's I probably can't do all. What is it? Eight of them? I can't do all of them at once, but I can get the one that just took a swipe at at, at the night. Yeah. Okay. So you magically like bring up these like really cool, interesting looking uh, treats and stuff like that. The one that was coming towards you seems to be distracted by what you've brought and has eyes only for that. But the rest of them are still kind of trying to herd you around. What do the rest of you okay. guys do? You can also still move, glance skew if you want to. I'm going to uh, bonk one of them on the head uh, uh, as hard as I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to. Uh, uh, well, you go ahead and do your thing first. AC twelve. AC twelve. All right. Yes. That's a hit. Okay. D six D- damage. Plus one. Ooh, that's six points of damage. Okay. Give me one second. You're like a beast. He's a giant man. He's a braggle. Look at at him. Giant goat death machine. Uh, Okay, so what are you using? Uh, My mace. Your mace. Okay, so you smash... Smash one of the caterpillars, and it uh, its gooey innards uh, splatter all over the ground. The yowling intensifies. They are very displeased at what just happened. And there, there are three else? left. Is that correct? There's six left. Oh, six left. Okay. There's seven of them. Okay. Um, I would like to back up uh, uh, close to the door so that it's easy to get through if I need to. And I would like to uh, uh, try to bonk one of them with my sling. Okay. Uh, that is a 
Uh, I'm assuming that they're, they're within 40 feet. It doesn't sound like they're um, yep, they're so that you get far a plus away. One. Um, so total would be a plus two to this. Get a roll. Uh, that hit. is 11 plus 2, 13. Okay, that's a hit. Damage. And that is a uh, D4 worth of damage. Two points. Two points. Okay. So you whip your stone at one, it plunks it right in between the eye, and the thing uh, collapses in a long serpentine heap. All right, anybody else? John, I'm going to shriek and hide behind uh, the knight. Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, spells, top of the round. Melee movement. No? Okay, roll for initiative. I got a two. I Loot did it last time. Somebody else roll. I got it. I got it. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Well, All right. You, you guys first. win. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Just go. <laughs> what do you do? I go. will offer another treat to the next closest cat, hopefully uh, to uh, calm them down. Okay. They seem to be, I can tell you right now, Ted, uh, that if you want to read through your thing, that they have no interest in your treats right now because <laughs> okay. their friends are uh, spattered along the ground. I was, I was afraid that might happen. All right. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll back up towards the door with my staff out. Okay. Uh, Cursing these, fo- what fools these mortals be when friendship was at our fingertips, they chose violence. Yes. yes. Where would I grow up? A dinner table is an invitation for all to eat. A man of the people I am and asking for an apple is not a crime worth death. These <laughs> caterpillars can be smitten for the unwelcome. <laughs> it's not ask. <laughs> you okay, took. We're, we're still in combat. Anyone else doing anything? Yeah, I'm gonna. John, smash I'm gonna use. The, the I'm gonna use the. I'm just gonna use the parrying ability to give my AC a plus one. Okay. Actually, yeah, that's. I guess I'll be doing that same thing since I have right. no AC. I will. Um, I will take another uh, uh, shot with the uh, shot with the sling. Okay. AC twelve. Go. Right, I'll, I'll do that. You and then die, you can, can I have your slope? <laughs> no way. Oh, that's 16. That hits. Okay. Uh, D4. Uh, That is one. One point of damage. Okay. All right. So that sling seems to strike a glancing glow against one of the nuts encroaching upon you who yowls in pain. Still up, though. I will uh, attack the same to defend my dear uh, years-long friend. That's a 17. That's it. Splat is a three. Three. All right. Indeed. Uh, you follow up and end that caterpillar's life. At, uh, at this moment, you hear from the balustrade on the eastern side a rushing of air as of flapping wings disturbing it as a large creature rises up, flapping its bat-like wings and it's a strange creature out of fairy tale and nightmare. It is a large, leonine body that has violet fur, the same color as the stones of Chateau Mauves, long claws, bat-like wings with indigo scales on it, um, and it's wearing, strangely enough, a paisley waistcoat. Its head has a mane 
but the face itself is human, strangely human, the disturbing, like dashing face and bearded as well. And it, it, uh, it basically rises up and it's like floating and it, it shouts out and it's like, my friends, my hungry caterpillar friends, what is this disturbance? I just, I require peace, peace here in the cauldron. It is my lord's wishes for me to maintain it. Who are these intruders? <laughs> we, we came for a meal in the realm of dreams. This is not too much to ask. Where is the honor of the host? I demand. Parley with him. I am not the host, but I am the caretaker here. I serve the duke who cherishes dreams. Be gone, caterpillars. Squirm away. Be gone. And I they, they, they basically drop down onto the ground and they start to like scuttle around the floor. And they basically go underneath the table. Um, and you can hear them just sort of like, <laughs> you know, kind of like just kind of irritated. And um, it, the, the, the creature alights upon the ground. And as it does, you see it pulls its long tail out from behind it as well. And you see on the end of that tail are a set of massive long spikes on the end of it. And it alights down directly on top of the table, scattering some of the food uh, away as well. And it says, you are disturbers of the peace. Were these caterpillars aggressive towards you at the start when you entered the room? Should I speak for us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, 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 man. you're doing a banging job, buddy. My, my uh, gallant and formidable... Um, what, I'm circuitous speech, right? I need, I'm a little too uh, emphatic. I need to be a little more uh, circular. Anyway, uh, my gallant and formidable and um, uh, uh, betailed and spiked and ever so intimidating friend... Uh, we came to this realm with great intent and hunger and misinterpreted the language of your caterpillars as a welcome to eat at the table. And yet, when I tried such as any good home would uh, allow a wayward traveler, I was attacked. And frankly, I cannot abide. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, and he, he sort of like moves his, his leonine head around and kind of gazes at you with those with that weird f human face, you know. says, I recognize you as one of the Bregel, a mortal as are most of you. And he kind of looks at, at glances skew, you know, sizing you up a, a little as well. I will bow says, to you, the food was not yours for the offing, was not yours at all. In fact, it would not even sustain you, for it is that of dream, which is not what you are made of. Do we, do we not deserve to have our dreams sustained? What do you wish inside the cauldron, Mr. Walder? Ooh, what was your Safe name? passage. Just ask him for the dream, on. homie. Things are dangerous here in the cauldron. You have stepped into a place that is not meant for your kind. We have stepped on the wrong foot. I shall introduce myself first. My name is Sir, and I demand that you call me that. 
Sir Wellow is my name, and I serve the Duke who cherishes dreams, as I've told you. Despite the mess here, I will clean it up. I ask only that as you travel further, you be a little, perhaps a little bit more circumspect, or I shall be angry. I don't wish to be angry, for I desire only peace here in the cauldron. And uh, what would it require for us to meet your duke, your master? He does not reside here in the cauldron. Mm. He lives so. in the alabaster spire, deep within the, the dreamlike realm of hypnagogia. Yes, Fry, you don't need to raise your hand. You're not in <laughs> class. <laughs> I just don't want to interrupt. I just don't want to interrupt. <clears throat> well, sir, uh, we are sent on a quest to retrieve a dream that was stolen, um, stolen years ago by a, a mischievous red cap. And another task that we were given is to return this cauldron to your lord. Um, it's currently buried under the ground um, near a lake. Is it's it? It's no longer in your lord's possession. Uh, I had a feeling things were different around here. Do you know where we can retrieve the dream that we seek? Well, I don't know the exact contents of the cauldrons that also lie within this very cauldron, but I can certainly tell you where they are. And perhaps in those cauldrons you may find the dreams that you seek. There is one, if I just may for a moment look at my map that I have in my brain. One moment, please. <laughs> there reticulating is, spines. <laughs> reticulating spines. And your brain appears to be, as all great brains, very smooth, my liege. Very smooth. <laughs> The, okay, so he tells you that, uh, he says, there are two cauldrons in different chambers, both circular in nature. I have not been there in many, many years, but they reside to the north. And he points towards the, um, uh, the door to the north. Cauldrons within the cauldron? This is, cauldrons within the cauldron, indeed. Oh. One is the cauldron of places, and one is the cauldron of riches. The dream we speak or we seek is of um, a mortal's dream of the moon. Is that likely to be in the cauldron of places? I do know not. I do not know their contents. I just know their names. And I do not, not know what wards may be upon them or what dangers you may face on your journey towards them. Only that they lie in that direction. Do you perhaps, and he, he kind of steps down, you hear like the clack clack of his long claws like hit the ground as he sort of slinks off like a cat onto the ground. And he gets really low and he comes right up to Grimo. And he says, Master Mossling, do you perhaps play music? And Grimo will, um, uh, uh, what, uh, of course, I do. I am a creature of of entertainment. I am a creature like yourself of beauty and long tales. And he would I, uh, take out a, uh, a fiddle off of his back. A fiddle. Okay. Yeah. So he notices that he notices the fiddle, and he says, "I love to hear music. In fact, in my chambers below, there are so many, many beautiful instruments to play." 
but I don't have the ability to. That I do not have the ability to. If you would treat me to a song at some point in your sojourn here in the cauldron, I would be quite honored, friend. Primo, my friend, surely you must play him one of your your best songs, uh, a, a Brego favorite. Um, um, uh, 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 I'm my own. The devil grandpa. goes down to Georgia. <laughs> what's that? What's that? What's that? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to suggest you sing him a lullaby and see if he'll go to sleep within the dream. I'm very curious. So, uh, 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 really whatever. Here, what, I, I missed. I missed my pacing there for for the delivery of that joke. But a lullaby, perhaps. Assuming he doesn't know what that means, right? I'm trying to be a little more discreet about the suggestion. In other words, oh, it is. Mm-hmm. It is a lovely thing to see. And he take he takes out his his violin and very slowly begins to like tune it. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps uh, you know it is, wine. it is it um, is uh, a bit of stagecraft to before the performance to entertain with a joke. <laughs> Would you like to hear this little bit of entertainment? <laughs> are, are, oh, are you going to? Is, the Norm is it a quick that? joke? This recording will be the joke. Uh, your viewers. <laughs> he says, uh, "Knock." I don't think knock. I can handle this for, for too many more sessions. Just listen. Do uh, you've got the uh, knock? Knock. Who's there? Procrastinate, pro, uh, procrastinating swine. Procrastinating swine who? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Do, you, do you play your fiddle or no? <laughs> um, um, yeah, he, he, after he, yeah, he does. And he plays, um, uh, uh, yeah, a beautiful, quiet little um, uh, melody that sounds like the uh, uh, kind of the, the, the dew falling in the forest. Before, okay, cool. So, like, yeah. Right. Sorry, sorry to, to yes and or uh, to one more thing, this. But before he does that, can I request uh, uh, of our dear host, Mr. Sirwello, could you by any chance fix some chamomile tea for us? Perhaps have a glass yourself. Surely this exists in dreams. As you can see. As I explained before, and he sort of like looks pointedly down at like his mm-hmm. massive long claws. I do not have the capability. Thank you so much for pointing that out, my shortcomings. <laughs> Sorry. All right, <laughs> um, continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as as uh, Grimo plays the fiddle, um, he sort of like rolls his head to the to the music a little bit, and you see the um, the tablecloth of the banquet table sort of rustle a little bit, and slowly. The cat like caterpillars sort of squirm out and they're like purring again. <laughs> Strangely enough, you see some of them actually move up to the squashed remains of their fellows and start to munch on the pieces. Oh, oh that's they start that's... to crawl back up onto the chairs and start to once again partake in the provender. Um, as you start to as you finish the last strains of it, uh, Grimo, the uh, the manticore uh, nods at you. And, sa- and uh, floats back up in the air and uh, it, it starts to wing its way back over the balustrade and just, he says, remember, keep the peace, be quiet. Everything will be well. The last thing you want to do is to anger me. 
Thank you so much for your gift, Master Mosforo. We shall see you again soon, should you enter my chambers. I await another scintillating concert. Perhaps I can remember another joke. (laughs) And he uh, he disappears over the side. Uh, Two turns went by for this whole time in this this, uh, chamber. One of those was just the joke. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, I don't know if elves uh, with their long lifespans are very patient with mortals or whether they're just totally done with this sort of nonsense, but uh, Glance Askew immediately walks to the north door. Okay. And what sort of door is it? A regular door? A door with another pig on it? Or Let's check, uh, shall we? Yes. His Uh, staff thumping the floor as he strides, his gossamer uh, hair and uh, his uh, silvery robes flowing behind him. It appears to be a normal door. It was the north one that was leading to the cauldron of places. Is that correct? Both of them. There's a circular room. Oh, to both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He'll put one of his beautiful yet delicate elf ears to the door and give it a listen. Okay. Takes a turn. That's a success. A five. Uh, Okay. Oh, you succeed on the five? I do. I do. All right. Let me see if there is anything to here. Yes. uh, Through the doors, you hear what sounds like bubbling uh, like something hot that's bubbling and boiling uh, through the door. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like and you can hear, maybe? yeah. And you can also hear what sounds to be like numerous utensils sort of quietly banging around, like like the normal sounds of like a kitchen in use sort of thing. Shall we, my friends? Yes. He will okay. uh, open the door and. Look around the edge of the door frame into the room. All right. So first of all, right beyond the door, there is a five foot long uh, passageway that leads to the north. The uh, but it is ten feet wide. Before it opens up into a uh, a kitchen, which is precisely twenty feet east to west and twenty five feet north to south. Okay, and. Okay. You got it, Ted. There is a door that leads to the east, which is straddling the uh, 10 and 15 foot block. Uh, to the east, so here. And that appears to be the only means of egress at this time. When you walk through the door, you can see, or when you're peering through the I remember you just said you opened the door, just kind of peeked through, but uh, yeah. there yeah. you get a blast of a hot steam, basically in your face uh, from the a- ambient heat in the room. The yeah. uh, it is lit as well with um, there are cast iron stoves in the kitchen that actually are the flames themselves are actually pink flames. Strangely enough, there are bubbling saucepans on tops of stoves that it looks like they have like porridge and rice and gravy in them. There's a, a mouth watering smell of roasting game in the ovens. There are empty pans that are um, hanging on in rows on the walls. Uh, cupboards lining the walls as well, and there is a golden glow as well, which is giving the room uh, ambient light. Moving through the room, 
there are a number of, it be about eight of them, utensils that have actually free-floating in the air and are moving around, tending to the different dishes on their own. Spoons, ladles, shiny copper tongs, um, and they're busily flying around, stirring pots, basting meats, and such like that. And they're all like in a bustle of activity all around. Um, on the far side of the room, on the northern end, directly in the middle, there is a strange carving of a of a uh, it's made out of stone of a cat's face. It's about eight feet high, has a gaping mouth that's about three foot wide with fangs. And there is a brass plaque shaped like a cauldron on the cat's forehead. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Do the utensils, um, like, are they moving in such a way that they're clearly animated on their own? Or could someone invisible be holding them? Right? Like, they can pass through each other's space as it were you know oh that's good. Oh, i see what you're saying yes they do they do appear to be um animated on their own okay in that regard and once again they are colored but hazy yeah yeah okay so a cat with a cauldron uh, and you said the mouth of the cat was how wide like mouth three of feet? the cat is gaping and it's three foot wide with fangs um also the door to the east has yeah. a brass plaque on it that is shaped like a wine bottle Okay. And there's cupboards everywhere, <laughs> stoves, pots, saucepans, ovens, all that sort of stuff all over the place. And the utensils don't seem to react at all when we enter into this room. No, they look to be busy doing work. But they are like, they're like, they provide sort of like an obstruction because they're like flying through the air like really rapidly fast. You, uh, you think it would be a little bit of a pain to like navigate your way through without getting thwacked? Do they. Swoop down, or could you crawl along the floor and stay below their their area of activity if they're like working at tables and stoves? You don't think it's a hundred percent chance, no. Hmm. Uh, but could um, we? So that's hmm. on the way to the meow uh, or to the cat door. But to the one on the east, does there seem to be a clear path over that way, or any way into this room? Any, any way it's being crisscrossed by these utensils all the time. Huh. Are there any adjacent uh, tables, small tables, or, you know, that small tables? Tables? There's there's nothing like, there's like a a large prep table that's sort of like in the middle, and there's counter surfaces all along and all that kind of stuff underneath the cupboards. What if I shout health inspector into the room? I want to go investigate the Nothing. No, nothing. John, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna cross the room and go investigate the cat. Okay, you're gonna attempt it. Okay, I want to go Give investigate me. the cat statue. All right. So when you uh, when you attempt to move through, Friar, there. What's your AC? What's your um, uh, your uh, AC? It's twelve. Thank you. 12. Da, da, da. Let's see. That was the end of the fire. Okay, so you you're you're like whoa whoa whoa, and you kind of moving your way through, trying to dodge and all that kind of stuff, and like one spoon kind of comes right at you, not like not like deliberately trying to attack you, but like you find yourself in its path and you manage to dodge out of the way as it as it looks like it would have given you a hearty thwack on the butt, um, but you make your way through to the door 
and you're there. Okay. Um, whew. Watch out for those. Watch out for the knives, guys. Um, I'm going to, how big, like, could I stick my head in the cat's mouth? I'm not saying I'm doing it. Is Mm -hmm. it that big? Yes, three foot wide. Okay. Um, I'm going to poke the cat statue with my, with my staff. Well, hold on. When when you, when you do approach it first, uh, Jimes, before you do anything, the face animates as you get close to it. It closes its mouth, it licks its lips, and its <laughs> eyes narrow to slits as it looks at you. Remember, this is like stone. It's like carved out of stone. Um, and uh, it looks at you like it, like it wants to eat you, like you're like a little mouse that it wants. Um, and it smiles and it says, I need something solid to eat. Uh, I open my pack, I pull out some rations, I throw it at the cat mouth. Okay, um, it uh, you throw it, it expertly catches the food and seems to devour it, and it it like purrs and starts purring and it starts licking its lips a little bit, and it says mm, more more food. I will gladly feed you again, uh, Sir Cat. Um, perhaps you can answer an inquiry for me first. It doesn't respond. Okay. Do you know where the cauldron of places is and how I may get to it? I'm so hungry. More food. I pull out my other rations and I say, do you happen to know where the cauldron of places is? Give me the food. I'm so hungry. Give me my answer first, kitty kitty. (laughs) Food is food. More you're you're like creepy, John. I don't like. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wants to eat you. <laughs> as creepy as that is, it's like um, licking its lips. Just like looking at you and the food, like like it could I take either. Can you, can you John? Like, do we see any source? Go ahead, Ted. Sorry, I'm just. I mean, he may not care what he eats if he's a piece of rock. Is there like a pot or a pan on a stove next to you you could give him? But he said real food, not dream stuff, is kind of where oh, I'm well, thinking. He wants yeah. solid, yeah, yeah, yeah. solid food. Solid mm-hmm. food, not, not Don, I throw the other there. rations in the kitty's mouth. And more, more. Jump in his mouth. I will give you Jump all in. the food that you can handle, kitty. But first, tell me about the cauldron of places. So hungry. You got anything what? else? You, you maybe How many rations like did you, have you given him two? You need to mark off two rations. Two. That's yeah, the, those are my own too. So, okay. Yeah. Make sure you, mark I, you just cleared off space. Um, I, I, I feel I feel bad about our fryer over there all by himself, but but looking at the way that this kitchen is um, laid out with the pots and the things cooking and stuff, could mm-hmm. we, if we moved some of those pots that the utensils are going to? Could we alter the the flight pattern that these things are taking going from, you know, pot to pot across the room? If we just move the pot to shorten the, and alter the path, could we then safely get by? Yeah, moving, moving the equipment, though, would also subject you to possibly being thwacked. What if we moved it with my staff? Like, could I stay far enough away from a pot? Or you would two. have a very high chance of spilling whatever you're moving if you're just using a staff yeah. to poke things. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I don't think we want to spill anything either. Part of the reason is I was there... asked about a table earlier is, is uh, no, we don't have a dolly. 
unfortunately, but uh, a table can be ducked underneath gang. Um, how long is this central preparation table, John? Does it run the span of the room or? Uh, no, but it dominates the center of the room. I would say it's probably about like, I don't know, eight feet long. I need to step away, check on a kid just for one second. I'll be right back. Okay. okay. I'm going to try speaking to the utensils, like saying things like dinner service is over. Stop cooking. No more. Go back to your drawers. Dinner's over. Nothing happens. They just Nothing happens. leave doing yeah. anything. I'm going to say it turns fine by so far as you've been in the room. Yeah. Looking around in the, in the front hall there, <clears throat> or right around the entrance, there's no, um, like, a keys or off switches or levers or anything that might, you know, nope. be a way to... No? Nope. Okay. What I've told you is in the room is in the room. There are cupboards yeah. that are still closed. Can I reach My, the brass pack? Oh, sorry, David. Go ahead. Oh, it's uh, John. John beat me to the punch. Um, I would like to uh, approach the cupboard closest to where I'm at. You said they run the circumference of the room. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, more or less. They're just sort of. You know, they're on, I would like to go to the closest to the door I'm at, if it is possible, and. Uh-huh. Uh, and open the cupboard. Like I'll, I'll have my shield above my head and kind of like you know. Mm. Okay. So there's a slight over to may, They may attempt to thwack you. It's fine. Uh, but they don't, so you're able to dodge your way through some of the utensils and you get to the closest cupboard. You open it up. I open it up. What do I find okay. inside? In, inside you find that there are appears to be some bags. Um, you can tell that inside the bags, like, you know, because some of them are spilling out, there appears to be like some onions coming out of out of some of the bags. Are they dream onions? They're like out of focus? Yeah. Yeah. Is the cupboard... Um, singular or do all of the cupboards connect not all Uh, there are banks of cupboards but they're but they're you know separated out different couldn't traverse through the cupboard in other words right it's not like in a modern kitchen these are like individual pieces of furniture more or less yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um can i pick up a cupboard (laughs) is it like liftable (laughs) no not really no okay okay i mean you could drag it you could it's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna continue my path over to the door to the east. Okay. And I'm gonna uh, open okay. it. Da, da, da. Okay, you're able to dodge the um, the utensils, and this so it has a brass plaque, and the plaque itself is shaped like a wine bottle. Like um, it, you know, um, you test the door. Is that what you said? I test the door. Okay. Go 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 Locked. 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 <clears throat> okay. Um. This is we a weird thing to, to say. Hmm? We need wine to open it. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, oh fuck. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> whatever dream logic. I'm gonna focus really, really hard in my mind's eye on having a bottle of wine in my hand and see if anything happens. Nothing happens, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, nice try. Good. Good, good try. Um, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Is there is there visible wine on any of the counters that the utensils are using to cook with? Uh, there is a few, not a not a ton, but they're you know like cooking wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to get close to one involves um, risking the wrath of the utensils. Correct. Yeah. Anywhere, anytime you basically you move through the room or or, or move to a different mm-hmm. place, there's gonna mm-hmm. there's a chance that you may be in, inadvertently attacked. Sure. 
Sure. I, 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 I want to make it clear it's not out of malice. Nothing's like trying no, to get course, you. Of course, I get it. Yeah, it's it's very um, Fantasia, uh, uh, which I love. Yeah. Um, um, John, I hate to make you repeat yourself. When uh, uh, my dear friend Mike, what's your character's name? I can't remember. Um, Jimes. Jimes. When Jimes. When Jimes fed the cat, did the cat's mouth chew? Yes. Okay. Uh, in the kitchen, do I see anything incredibly sturdy, like a metal pole or something that might, for instance, hold the mouth of the cat open? Uh, it's a large mouth. So you saw when it is open, its default state is about three foot. Okay. So I don't know that there would be anything. A rolling pen, perhaps? Or a butter churn paddle? But it had to be something that's larger than three feet, right? Well, no, I guess if you wanted it to close and I'll put it this way. I have a lance. I have a lance in my inventory. I'm going to attempt to traverse the room Mm. and meet meet Mike. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I was gonna say before you do that, this may not work, but I would like to take out my fiddle and you know, beauty of the beast moment uh here. Start playing and see if the tune from my fiddle can maybe like entertain these uh, 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 utensils, get them kind of dancing, or at least move, getting them moving in like more of a rhythmic motion to uh, make it easier to dodge. I tried. Uh, I'm going to call it another turn. All right, uh, Crump, you're moving forward. Sorry, Mike, yeah. Uh, Never mind, I'll I'll let David do his thing. Okay, so Crump, you're moving forward with your, your lance. I approach Mike uh, 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 with my lance. I am going to uh, uh, prop the lance within the cat's mouth as to prevent it from closing its mouth without inflicting pain upon itself. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, and it'll I'm, be, yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to, like, stick the lance. The lance is huge. Um, but okay. I could see like you actually putting like maybe bracing the lance on the ground and kind of jutting the point up into the mouth, that sort of thing. Yeah, which would probably have a similar tall. effect. I guess. I have a crowbar. I have a crowbar. Can I use the crowbar? There, there are also there utensils. Yeah, I was going to say there is like there are there are. Rolling no, I know, but I have and... a crowbar. I forgot about. So I'm going to use my crowbar. Same same general idea. Does okay. anyone have rope here? Nope. Nope. Fine. I'm going to use the crowbar and I'm going to stick my head into its throat and look around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Backup character out. <laughs> the idea is I'm going to see if there's like a bottomless passage through the esophagus of this cat. And if I can prevent it from chewing me, uh, so, I would like to see so. So it, it, it basically is like a, it, it doesn't appear to be disturbed mm-hmm. like the caterpillars were when, when you do that. But it does um, attempt. It, it's, it's like it's trying to say something. Like, and then you stick your you stick your head in, and you can tell that you're in some sort of weird extra dimensional space that's made of like complete blackness. You don't it doesn't smell like cat breath or anything like that. You don't see anything. It, it's just like blackness beyond. Can I uh, light a torch? Oh, fuck, I don't have a torch on this character. Never mind. Um. Okay. I mean, the temptation to jump in is big, but it's blackness beyond. I don't see anything. So can I talk into the void and see if I hear like, 
do I hear an echo? Do I do I like in, do I intuit a space from the noise within this void? Put it that way. Not really. No. It's like strangely muffled. David, I'm, yes, you're I'm talking thinking, to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm talking to your Bregel here. I guess mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking we might be going about this wrong. We're in a dreamland. Sure. Like what happens in dreams? You know, you stick your head in and you fall into the void. You know, things swirl around the room. Like, like AV Sean, style. I crawl into the mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love this. Sean, I, I crawl... Okay. Yeah, so I crawl into the mouth. So you were not able to, to put your entire body in before uh, you just, you just know that it's impossible to move into the space completely. Okay. Oh, never mind. Cool. Okay, so you guys appear to be stymied in this room, um, so we may have to pick it up here next time uh, to decide what you'd like to do, if you'd either like to retreat or move, uh, or attempt some other tactic to move forward. I would like to do a thing, if I could. So having watched everyone else try and move in and getting whacked, um, I would like to, using my staff to parry against utensils, attempt to get to the eastern door ideally grabbing a bottle of wine along the way um to eastern dorm okay yeah uh okay what's your ac parrying uh gives me i think a plus one bonus right Uh uh-huh so that means my ac is a a whopping 11 11 okay so you are thwacked by curses (laughs) Uh oh you think you don't have one hit point yeah no doubt uh do you only have one hit point no, I have four. Oh, you do have four. Okay, that's right. You rerolled. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. uh, because you do take you do take one hit point of damage um, uh, as you are as you're th- thwacked by a um, a, uh, a a copper a pair of copper tongs right across your face. But you are able to grab John, a bottle of the of the cooking wine. Oh, okay. John, right. I, I thought you said that inside the cat's mouth was an extra dimensional space. My that, my point is is that? it's an extra dimensional space. You can't get into it. It's a no go doing that. Right. I not think the, you're not the, to yeah. feed the cat to get something out of it. Like you've it either just sits there and eats all your food or there's a threshold. Once you fed it enough, it'll do a thing. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know Should what? Should I investigate the cauldron plaque on its forehead? Well, wait a second, because Ted was in the middle of doing something. So Ted, yeah. Ted you got a you got a bottle of wine. Right. Having arrived at the door. I will anoint the door with wine or the doorknob, um, splashing it around. Okay. Uh, uh, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to make it rain, baby. And okay. uh, see if that does anything. And if that doesn't unlock the door, um, try drinking some of the wine, I guess. Okay. But I'm so anointing the, it first. So anointing it doesn't seem to do anything. When you drink uh, the wine, it does. Um, it tastes awful because it's cooking wine. But it also yeah. doesn't seem to. You can kind of tell once it kind of enters into your system that it doesn't seem to have any sort of effect at all. Uh-huh. Like, not intoxicating, not filling, nothing. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But it doesn't release the door. It does not release Lock. the door. Nothing happens. Doesn't nothing happens okay. with the door. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, what were you going to say? You're uh, looking I, at the I just want to see if I can climb up on the cat's head and investigate the plaque on his forehead. Uh, yeah, you could probably shimmy up, not too, not too hard. Um, yeah. So it's just a, a brass plaque. So it's the same sort of make and uh, carving as the um, wine bottle on the other door. So yeah. this is on, on the cat itself. And it's just a, you know, an abstract, uh, you know, 
simple drawing of a, a simple etching engraving of a um, cauldron. I'm going to rub it, trace it. Yep, nothing happens. Uh, you, the cat Slug. below you, by the way, is just sort of like, oh, oh he's still got a crowbar in its mouth. Just okay. So just in case, I know we're, we're kind of trying to wrap up here. Just in case it's a question of quantity, um, I'll I'll uh, take my uh, two rations that I have, and I'll uh, whip them across the room uh, to the guys at the far side at the door to see if I can like feed two more rations into the into the cat and see if that changes anything. Okay, so mark off two rations. You might need to remove the crowbar. I will remove the crowbar and replace it with two rations. Okay. Uh, it, it immediately chomps down on the two rations and it's, I'm so hungry. Oh. All right. Should we give it a caterpillar? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Dude, okay. let's eat the crowbar. I hate the cat door, man. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it is right. appropriate. We're being bested by a door. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Stymied at the not for the nonce, but uh, we'll see where they pick up and decide if they got to go another direction or if they got any more bright ideas. They've got a whole week to think about it. So in the meantime, uh, I've hoped everyone has enjoyed this little delve back into Dolmenwood. We've got more planned for you, of course, depending on how long these guys take to get through a very short dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, a really long time at this point. Well, if you if you guys are fans of Dolmenwood, you're in for a treat because these guys take forever. <laughs> Would you like to hear another joke? No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching 3D6 Down the Line. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, please don't forget to check out the old Patreon uh, where uh, just for a small fee, you're going to get a whole ton of benefits. We've got an active public freely available to join public discord server lots of cool stuff going on there and also don't forget to check out our very first publication feats of exploration which you guys have all seen numerous times in action for all 50 episodes of the halls of art and bull campaign which i also highly suggest you check out well you can get that whole system to use in your own game now available links down below on drive through and itch.io and in the meantime everyone have a great night and i do want to give a special shout out as promised, to the Conqueror tier level of the Patreon. These are the true heroes of the 3D6 DTL community and keep us going. And those guys are Adam the DM, Andrew Schroker, Dire Gru, Grunt, Jib Cutter, MM, Mech Jack, Michael Schilling, Musso, Scott Yearsley, Stefano DiMaiolo, Summon Toast, and Will Davies. Thank you so much for your continued support. And we will see you all next time. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.